0: What's up, everybody? My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, where the deal is already done. I'm coming to you guys live on a, I think today, yeah, today's Thursday. Coming to you live on a Thursday. And real quick, let me post this in here. I got it all pre-packaged. What's up, Ashma? All right, so I got on Instagram. I got it all, all figured out. Dunn Deal Investments, LLC. Got the website up and running. All right, so today... Today's an interesting day. So today, we're going to talk a little bit. uh, I got some stuff to talk about with the 10X Growth Conference that I'm going to be attending for three days. I'm going to be up in uh, Miami Marlin Stadium tomorrow early. I think I got to get there at 7.30, and I got to go. It's from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. I call that a work. I'm ready. My friend's coming in, uh, I think around like eight or seven, and we're gonna go. I got the passes right here. We got the passes. We're going. We're going. <laughs> we got the mezzanine passes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh enjoying that a lot. It's taking a lot of notes. I got a brand new notepad, like massive notepad, which is buried somewhere in here that I'm gonna take with me. I got my I got my 10x flags. 10x flags. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? All right. So, I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. So, that's, that's one of the reasons why I haven't done the episodes this week. So, I got screwed yesterday. I had to drive in two hours of rush hour traffic in Miami to go pick up those badges I just showed you. And uh, so, I had to go do two hours of rush hour traffic. It was terrible. The we're in I, I got caught right at the end, like on the way there, it was about an hour, but on the way back, I got caught at like about 6.30 PM and I got caught in massive rush hour traffic in Miami, which is torture. Two minutes or every two minutes, I'd go maybe one foot in front of me and I have to come to a complete stop for like almost like literally like two hours, maybe an hour of that. But And then it just delayed me about an hour. That's where I got it two hours from. So I'm going to that tomorrow. I think Steve Harvey talks as like the motivational speaker. I, I don't know. I've never been to the 10X Growth Conference before. This is his third one. The last one was in Vegas. It looked pretty intense. I had someone that went to it one time and uh, they said it's it's the best the best conference you'll ever go to. So if it, you could still get tickets, I believe, up until probably like tomorrow morning. I'm sure they're probably even still going to sell tickets probably Saturday and Sunday morning. So if you wanna go, I definitely would go. I don't know which speakers are speaking on what day. I'm planning on going on all three days from the time it starts to the end. So, uh, cause this is something that's, I think I'm sure he's doing it like once a year now, but this is something that I really need to go to, especially since I just started a business. I wanna get all the information from all the pros. That's something everyone that's joining right now, whether you're in business, whether you wanna make more money, whether you want to, you know, he calls it 10Xing. Uh, If you want to 10X anything in your life, you definitely should go see conferences where people are talking about this stuff, where people are constantly talking about money, people are constantly talking about how to better yourself, self-improvement, and people that are doing it. So, I mean, I bring you, I bring you most of the stuff I bring you is basically just, I, I heard it from something else, I experienced it myself, I related to that topic, and i and i and, and i realized that was true and i and i passed it on to the people on these live streams so that's that's the goal so some of the, you know most of this stuff is kind of you know stuff i picked up on other things i heard it from someone else and i went wow that makes a lot more sense why this happened that way so i'd bring that's how i give you the examples cuz i'm like oh i was like oh damn like that's how i did that i always wondered where that came from all right so you should be trying to better yourself you should be going to the conferences uh, you should be looking at it as an investment. So I, I spent, everyone asked me how, many, how much money I spent on the tickets for that. I paid, I got a, I got a deal. So he was doing a um, BOGO deal. It was buy one, get one. And I got it for, I, I believe it was 257 right? So some people are like, oh, 257 that's a lot of money. Like it's not a lot of money, yo. For three days, getting the best information from this direct source, these are people like Damon, John, Steve Harvey, Grant Cardone, um, Sarah Blakely, Jesse Itzler. These are all millionaires. Uh, probably even some of them are probably close to like some of them are billionaires. Sarah Blakely is one of the the few, the one of the first women to ever hit a billion dollars in a business as a female. All right, as a female entrepreneur, she's at she's record at a billion dollars. All right. That's not easy. That's someone that that went through a shitload of stuff and overcame it. All right, so that's where you should be getting your information from. All right, and you should be listening to these people. All right, so that's that. So that's the Ten X Growth uh, Growth Conference for tomorrow. i if you're if you're following me on social media, I'll try to post as much stuff as I possibly can there. I'm gonna probably be taking a bunch of notes. So the video, you know, I'm probably not gonna produce a lot of content while I'm there. But I'll try to I'll try to show you people that are going up. So like if Steve Harvey talks, maybe I'll video Steve Harvey for maybe a brief like five minutes or two minutes. Uh, when Grant Cardone goes on stage, maybe do like a two-minute video again. You know when they're switching speakers, maybe I'll do it. But I'm gonna be paying attention most of the time and not being on my phone and and taking massive amounts of notes. Like my hands going to I might have to go to the hospital after these three days because I'm gonna be taking that much notes. All right. So hopefully I'll see you there. I know. I know one of my friends is not going to go anymore just because of the reason that he had to drive to Miami and go and go physically pick up the tickets. And he lives in Coral Springs just like me. I had to drive an hour out of my way. All right. I dropped everything. As soon as I called the office of Grant Cardone, you know, Cardone Enterprises or the 10X Growth Conference uh, number or whatever. uh, And they said, you have to drive down there. I didn't even hesitate. I'm just like, all right, that's what I got to do. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't hesitate. I just said, okay, I'm just going to make time on the first day on Wednesday and just like suck it up. I'll get caught in hour. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to, you know, do what I got to do and go get those tickets. Cause I know how much they're really worth. They're worth way more than $257. dollars tell you that. So, and I've never even gone to the growth conference. I just know who Grant Cardone is. And Grant Cardone is going to, is going to basically outdo the masses. I'm telling you. So, uh, you know, I try to, and there, there's someone at my uh, Toastmasters, for anyone that doesn't know Toastmasters, it's public speaking. So, like, uh, they will give you a topic, they do, like, table topics, they give you a topic, you speak, and then you're really supposed to do speeches. So, you go through a Pathways, and then you create your own speeches. So, I really want to do motivational speaking. That's why I, I, I put these videos up. I do the motivational videos of, like, Les Brown, some of the successful um, TV people, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Steve Harvey, I, I, I'm trying to give you diverse people and I, I really want to motivate people to go do what they want to do because no one motivated me when I needed the motivation. So I, I know firsthand what it's like to have dreams, what it's like to do something and everyone's telling you don't do that and they're discouraging you and don't take the risk and don't do this. So I want to physically be someone like uh, a Steve Harvey or a Grant Cardone or uh, these people that are going and traveling the world and they're speaking in front of mass um, mass crowds and they're giving, you know, motivational speeches. That's, that's, that's a dream of mine that I'm trying to get better at public speaking in and not do the ums and ahs Cause sometimes when you're up in front of a big audience, like the live streams, aren't that bad for the fact that, yeah, you'll get a bunch of people that are going to probably watch this or whatever. But it's not like you're directly in front of a massive, massive audience. And when I say that, I mean, in the sense of there's not, there's no one in front of me technically directly. It's just me talking to almost like myself. And then maybe people come on once in a while. All right. Um, like I'm not a cutie pie or, you know, a mass YouTuber or whatever. I'm just someone that's trying to spread, you know, spread information and and get, you know, business awareness on my own. But, um, the, it's really hard when you have about like 7,000 people in front of you, and you're trying to speak in front of these these people. You get nervous, you cramp up, like you forget things because you're thinking too much about the people in the audience. Uh, you have the light, the lights in your face because they're trying to give you uh, good lighting. So it's it, it, it's challenging. It's not easy. All right. Uh, even sometimes speaking at the Toastmasters where there's only maybe like 10, I had to do an icebreaker in front of 10 to 15 people. And that alone, like I did well, but it's still, it's still nerve-wracking because you're trying to come up with things on the spot. What's up, Blake? So that, that's that. Now, we're gonna talk about two different types of topics today. We're gonna talk about building references, which I got some really good examples for you. Be logical, but unreasonable. So you'll hear that a lot by these really successful people, and I'll go into detail about that. Then we'll talk about Done Deal Investments, LLC, and then uh, we'll, we'll head out. Uh, real quick, too. I'm gonna do another podcast to make up for the Monday I missed for all the, you know, all the craziness that's going on for this event. Um, I'm gonna do i am uh, I'm gonna do one on Sunday. So I know it's Super Bowl, whatever, uh, you know, whatever. I'm gonna try to get one done somewhere during Super Bowl. If you know, people are on, people are. If people not, you know, it's whatever. I understand it's Super Bowl, it's whatever. But um, I just want to complete it for myself. So that's that's what it is. Like I'm doing it for myself in a, in a sense. All right. So talk about building references. I can't specify this enough, yo. Like you need to build references. What I mean by references is you need, not just like your friends, not just your family, you need to build references from people that are high in in like the corporate world. So for instance, the person I work for, or technically my boss, is uh, is director of social media or the director of the marketing team. The director right so she's someone that's higher up we're we're taking orders from her all right and she, you know she's obviously not the highest on the food chain but she's someone that knows the people that are at the top of the food chain so she's she's a good reference to build off of all right now there's other people too like even people above her that I could try to get to and build references and connections with those people all right And then down the road, when I go to apply for another job, or I go and try to get something, I'm increasing my chances of going and getting that type of employment, all right? Now this is obviously, like, everyone probably knows this. You gotta build references. But how many people do you know that actually build the references? Probably zero, maybe a couple people do it. A lot of people are not focused on building the references, all right? I'm telling you, ask, like, look around, pay attention. Everyone's just trying to go to work, go home, go to work, go home. They're not trying to build the connections. And the reason I know that is because I, I built a reference off of what other people were not doing. All right. So one person that was really, really high in the food chain, who was higher than my boss. All right. I had an, we had an opportunity. He was leaving. All right, so I'm gonna give you the example real quick with this one and then I got another one that I can give you on the reference, all right? Actually, I can give you two more references that, that, that were just basic, basically in the right place at the right time and I did what other people weren't gonna do. So this is one, all right? So this is the company I'm working for now. They changed the higher up, the, the person where, you know, people didn't wanna to go to the, he was having a going away party, all right? Now, I knew him from the one campus I worked on, all right, and everyone else, we, we ended up shifting campuses because of construction issues, so they're rebuilding a campus, and we got moved, all right, so he was still in a different area, but we were in a completely other different area, too, so what ended up happening was he ended up getting a better position, or he ended up moving and, and transferring to a different, different job, and they did a going away party. All right. Now they told, you know, they, the one person that we work with in the office told everyone that there's a going away party for this specific person. All right. Everyone in the office said, Oh, screw that. I'm not going to go and do that. I'm gonna, I'm just going to go home. Like, I don't want to drive all the way to X, you know, from A to B out of my way. And I don't want to put in the effort Right. Like I like they thought of it as it wasn't it wasn't a opportunity. They saw it as like, oh, it's just someone that, you know, didn't really like us, didn't really pay attention to us, didn't care about us. I'm just going to go home. That's how they're thinking. All right. No one in the office went except for the person that set it up. And when they asked me to go, I said, hell, yeah, I'm going to go. And everyone in the office was shocked. All right. Everyone's shocked. Everyone's like, why are you going to go? Why not? That's what I told everyone in the office, right? Why not? And, and they're all like, well, you know, why? like he didn't do anything for you, right? So now they're playing the blame game. Now, I ended up going, and, and I'm telling you, like everything that could possibly happen which would make you want to turn back and not go to this thing happened to me. All right. Weather was, it was crazy bad. Everyone's telling me not to go. I went home and my mom's like, I don't think you should go all the way out there. It's a far drive and we're going to, it looks like a tropical storm out there. All right. I couldn't see when I was driving because like it was, it was like a tropical storm. I'm sure it was like a mini tropical storm, especially in South Florida. We get those. So I couldn't see anything. I couldn't find the place. Uh, I get there and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was intimidated. It was in one of the, it was in a wealthy place. It was, uh, it was like a crew. It was a, um, I'm trying to think of the word. It was a, uh, a yacht. It was like a yacht club. All right. So like the, you know, these people are wealthy. These people are not your average Joe's. Like these people have money. There's money physically in my face. And I go in there and I'm a little bit intimidated. I don't know anyone. All right. So that's the biggest reason, by the way, why no one goes to these things is they're like, I don't know anyone. I don't know who's going to this thing. I don't wanna, I don't wanna be that awkward person that doesn't know anyone. That's the stupidest reason you can give yourself. That's why you should go to these things to go meet more people. All right. Networking. That's what they call it. Networking opportunity. That's what I said to everyone in the office. It's a networking opportunity. You're stupid if you don't go, basically, is what I told everyone. I'm going. That's what I said to everyone. I'm going, <laughs> all right, so I go there, end up having a drink, end up talking to the people there, and i and I end up you know I, I ended up getting a raise that year and and the person, my one boss told me it was because of him, all right, so I knew if I went there, I'd talk to him, you know, maybe I'd meet i meet some of his friends, which if 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 he's got money, these other people that are his friends probably have cash or money. Right, They're they, they, definitely, they're definitely people you probably wanna surround yourself with, with connections and references. Right? They're high up in the food chain. They're not someone that's fresh out of college. They're not someone that's a high school graduate. They're doing it right. They know what they're doing if they're at this place. Right? So went around, started talking to people, met a couple people, got an attorney's number. Uh, I met a bunch of people and got their numbers. And I specifically got to talk to him almost a one-on-one and, and I, and I built, uh, you know, I built that reference with him. All right. That's what I said I was going to do. I'm going to get, I'm going to build this connection with him and I'm going to get this reference. All right. So that's one person. Now I applied for a job today. This is why I'm actually talking about this. I applied for a job, which is going to be, you know, I'm working part-time right now at this, at the company I'm at right now. I saw an opportunity that presented itself for a full time with benefits and way higher pay. All right. And I'm, I used him as a reference. I contacted him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going for this job. I'd really appreciate it if I get a reference. Bam, no problem. I'll do that for you, all right? So I just got a massive reference right there. And, like, I you know, it, he, he's a big reference. Like, he's high up on the food chain. When I say high up, like, board of directors, you know, almost like a vice president. Like, that's, that's what you want. You want, like, high-end people in the company. You don't want the bottom of the food chain. You want the top of the food chain, all right? People don't think about this, I'm telling you. So that was one, one reference that I got. Now, the other two references that I used for this, this job, all right, to apply for this job, one person was from an internship, all right, and she's the vice president of that company that I work for, all right? vice president. So that means she's second in command. So I'm almost at the top of the food chain. Like I'm one away from the top of the food chain, all right she calls it a small business they're making like eight eight million dollars i don't really consider that a small business i I don't know like i i mean i i don't know the regulations of what considers a small business or you know a corporation but i'm telling you i don't think eight million dollars is a small company but it's whatever so it's like besides the point but um so i built you know i started talking to her i was working for her when i did the internship i dressed out you know i dressed out professionally which people do not do by the way I got criticized because every single day I went to that internship, like a tie, dress shirt, dress pants, dress shoes, and everyone else there is casually dressed, all right? Just maybe like a a collar like this, like a little, you know, collar, uh, you know, nice shirt, like a nice Hawaiian shirt, you know, like really laid back people, all right? Everyone noticed because they're criticizing me. They're criticizing me when I was there, so they noticed me, all right? That's the whole reason why I did it because I knew people were going to, oh, who's that kid with the tie? All right. That's why I did it. So anyways, so the, the point is I built the reference with her right now, four years later, now we're at four years today, present four years later, I hit her up and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm going for this job. I'm like, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could give me a good reference. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, I, I really need more references. I was like, I'd really appreciate it if you give me a reference. No problem. Right. Right. I'm telling you, like writes a perfect recommendation, like, cause you can, I can view the the references, like when they do the recommendations, I mean, like to the T, like couldn't have gotten a better, like reference response from her. Right. Um, and part of the, you know, it's a lot more to it than just, you know, obviously talking to these people, you got to put in blood, sweat and tears with these people. Like you got to show them that you're an asset. And like, that's another topic for another day. But, um, and that's actually, I should actually probably write that down because it's another topic for another day and we'll, and we'll get to that eventually. Maybe I'll talk about that on Sunday. All right. But it writes the, the perfect review. Now, if I didn't take the internship, if I didn't work my ass off, because most college kids take the internship and work half ass. Like I'm telling you, they, they don't work up to standards. They're late all the time. I was always trying to make it on time. Uh, you know, they, they do the bare minimum to get that, that experience. I'm telling you. All right. So I, I, I busted my ass there. All right. And she noticed. She told me, "She's like, don't listen to these people that are telling you to downdress." She's like, "I like it. I notice you, and I'm impressed." All right? That's that's her words, not mine. And uh, the other reference, all right, was from a uh, financial advisor. All right, a financial advisor, an investor in the stock market. All right. Now that person I met at the age of eighteen. All right, and what happened was I ended up doing um I ended up getting some I inherited some money through my my grandfather gave every every grandkid um money, all right? And 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 that was around high school cuz like 18 I was still in high school. I was a senior. I took a business class, my first ever business class in high school. And we talked about the stock market and investing and, and the seven rules and everything, right? So I told myself, you know, this isn't my money that I just got. This is someone else's money that they invested and they're giving it to me. I don't want to touch this money. I don't need this money right now. Uh, There's no need for me to spend this money. Like I'm a dumbass if I take this money and spend it on stupid shit because, you know, I was 18 at the time and most kids in high school would probably go and buy a car with that money. They'd probably go and I didn't need a car at the time, but, um, you know, they'd probably go and spend it on themselves, probably go crazy, go to a club or something. I don't know. But the the point is, every one of the cousins, there's four cousins that got this money, like split the, split the you know, each got a profit of what my uh, grandfather invested his money in. Every single one of them to this day has zero of it, all right? Zero. They all spent it on something, all right? I went at the age of 18 and told my mom, I want to go invest in the stock market. I did this class. I want to go in and invest it. It's not my money. I want to reinvest it. I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to be able to touch it. I want it to go somewhere else. Mom um, said, okay, I know a stockbroker. I'll see what I can do with this guy and see if he'll actually accept you since you're 18. And I said, okay, she, she set up the meeting. I went there. I, I talked to him about what I learned in class about the stock market was he was impressed. I I ended up, you know, staying in touch with him because obviously my money is invested with him. So I kind of forced me to talk to him more and I'd have conversations with him. And and he heard about done deal investments recently and was talking to me about it. Um, And so anyways, the point of the matter is four years later, I said, hey, I can use that person as a reference. I have have the personal relationship with him for four years. I invested money with him. So it strengthened the relationship between us. And I used him as a reference and he's also like high up there. I think he's also like vice president of his company, right? So these are all heavy hitters that I just stayed in contact with them and over and, and just, you know, communicated with them and was just, you know, enthusiastic or I worked hard in a company for someone and I built these massive references. All right. So I had four references. All of them are heavy, heavy hitters, board of directors, uh, or I think, it was, yeah, I think it was one of them is board of directors. I think all of them are basically like vice presidents of certain companies. All right. And they're not small companies they're like massive corporation companies, by the way. All right. So the point is you want to think ahead of time. Don't just go to a job and, and tell yourself, okay, I'm just going to go here and go home. I'm telling you, it's the biggest mistake everyone does. They go to work. They tell themselves, all right, it's, it's seven o'clock or six o'clock or five o'clock or whatever, you know, you, you work till. I'm going to go home. All right. I'm telling you, if you bust your ass, if you try to make the connections, because I'm telling you, most people that you're working with that are, you know, are probably just started in the company or probably didn't, you know, just got somehow involved with the company are not trying to do that. They're not trying to like physically go to events and meet more people and, and try to progress their way up in the company by meeting these people. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You, you don't know. All right. Like you don't know, like, for instance, like, you might you might have a position that opens up in another company, and now you need, like, heavy hitters. It might be a, a big, big promotion for you where you can go and apply for a different position in a different company. Excuse me. And uh, it could be, like, all right, like, now you were originally at this company making 40000 but now at this company, you could be making 80 maybe to three-figure income over that company. Well, you're gonna need heavy hitter references because they're not just gonna take the average judge, they're not gonna just take your family members, they're not gonna just take your friends. They want to know from people that are not your family or friends. That's the key. And I'm telling you, like, people fuck this up bad. They want people that are heavy hitters that can basically tell them, like, hey. I met this person through work and I, and I'm up here on the company and this person's an asset to your company. Like you'd be stupid not to hire this person. That's who you want behind you. That's what you want backing you up when you go to like, because that's the first part that everyone fucks up. They fuck up on the resumes. They fuck up on the cover letters uh, and they fuck up on the references. And those are the three keys to get the interview in the beginning. You need to have a strong resume, you need to have a strong cover letter, and you need to have the strong references. That's how you get the job interviews. And then the job interviews, a whole different subject that maybe I can explain in a different podcast or live stream. But that's what you need to do, all right? So I I applied for this position or whatever with customer service with this big, big corporation, all right? And uh, I got a phone interview now I got to do something after this live stream, I got to fill out a form and and answer some questions. And then I'm going to go on to the physical interview part. And the funny thing was, my mom's like, good luck. And I and I physically told her, I said, I don't, I, I was like, I don't need luck. I, I got it. <laughs> I was like, I don't need good luck, because I don't need the luck part. I physically am going to get this position. All right. So that's the difference between me and probably someone else. Someone else would have been like, like, probably nervous and said, Yeah, I probably need the good luck. I didn't even need the good luck. I knew I was going to get the position. I technically didn't get the position yet, but I know I'm going to get the position. Why do I know? Because I'm very, very confident in myself. I'm very confident in myself. I know what I'm talking about. I have the references, I have the resume, I have the cover letter, and I know how to interview. All right, it's just confidence. It's all it is. It's like dating. It's like when you go on a date. That's what I'm about to do. I'm about to go. On my very very first date, all right, with this new company. That's all. That's all it is. It's just it's just a date, all right. That's all it is. It's just a little date between me and a corporation. That's all it is, all right. Now, uh, so that's building references, and that and like most people probably would have ta- like heard me talking about references. They probably would have tuned out. Those are retards. I'm telling you, the references are one of the biggest keys because they want to know that people that you're surrounding yourselves with are, are going to back you up. That's proof that like you're doing something good that it's it's something you don't you didn't start off with. You didn't really know them at first and they see that you're doing great things in your life and that's where they're using the references. Now re, now the next topic we're going to talk about is being logical and unreasonable. Now, I'm a very very logical person. I you know, I I lucked out on this one because I would always go into situations when I was young, logical. I'm gonna explain both of them, all right? Because there are two different things. So logical just means you can take a situation and you can logically think it through. Meaning, you can, like if I had, if I had $10 in front of me, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like a good example I can give you. So like, let's say I had money in front of me, all right? Let's say I had $10. And I'm like, I can I can either reinvest the ten dollars, or I can go and spend on a liability, which is gonna de you know de uh, it's gonna appreciate, uh, depreciate or appreciate over time. I don't know why I said, that. or uh, I think I said that wrong actually. But uh, it's gonna de it's gonna uh, not appreciate, it's gonna depreciate over time. That's the one I wanted. Depreciate over time. Meaning like it's gonna, like once it's gone, like you're not getting your money's back and more, all right? The average person would be like, I'm gonna go buy an ice cream or food with this $10. I would probably be like, all right, what can I use the $10 for to get me a better chance of getting more money out of the $10, all right? Or let me give you a better example because it's kind of like a little broad. But think of it as if I had... If someone came up to me, all right, and they're like, "I I can give you ten dollars," and they're and but you have to work, you have to work for one week for me, all right. And someone else gave me, um, they're like, "All right, I can give you ten dollars," and you're gonna work, and you'll work for twenty four hours for me which one's more logical? Obviously the person that's gonna give me $10 for the 24 hour work period, all right? I can make more money in 24 hours for the 10 bucks than I can for three days for 10 bucks from the other person. All right, That's thinking logical. Most people I'm telling you when it comes to a lot of things, they throw logic completely out the window, make up a bunch of shit and don't think logical. And, like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's the easiest thing, like, to think logical. You just have to get away from the unlogical people. That's, I mean, that's the hardest part of the whole thing. You have to surround yourself from very, very uh, logical people. Like, surround yourself with logical thinkers and people that are, are very, they're very, like, smart. And, like, every smart person thinks logical, all right? Every dumb person thinks unlogical. I'm telling you, all right? So that's what you have to do. That's what I started to realize with the logical part is like, in order to confirm logic, you need to surround yourself with logical people and smart people, not dumb people. Dumb people are very unlogical, all right? They just spend or they're just like, all right, I'm just going to go do this because this person told me to go do it, all right? Don't do anything just because someone told you to do it. I'm telling you, half the time, people do not know what they're talking about, half the time. Or actually, probably more than half. The, I'd say ninety percent of the time, people either hear little bits of information from this source and it's completely stupid, wrong information, and they pass it on to the masses, and that's where the information comes from. I, you know, I don't. I question things when I when I hear something new. I go, oh shit! Like it sounds right. How do I test this theory? And then I go and test it, or I try to like figure out like what's wrong with it or what's right with it. I never listen to one person and go, oh shit, that's. That's, that's what it is. Like, you know, like that's, that's the fucking answer, right? I question it and I think logically through it. So when someone's explaining something to me, I think very, very logical. I try and I'm very visual, which helps a lot too. Like I was just born a very visual person where I'm like, all right, this is how this works. And all right, this makes sense. Like, and then I question a lot of stuff. I'm like, all right, well, it would make sense if this happened. Like, does this happen? And they're like, yeah. And then I do research on and I find out it's true. All right. That's what you should be doing. That's logical thinking. Now there's reasonable and, and unreasonable. Reasonable is something where you're just like you set a goal, let's say, and let's say like your goal is to reach my goal right now. I'll give you my goal. My goal is to reach a one million people and help one million people. Like help one million people in the world. It doesn't have to be in the United States, could be worldwide, could you know, it's just people in general. One million people I want to help, right? the un or the reasonable person would be like, Oh, that's fucking impossible. You can't reach 1 million people. they like, that's impossible. You can't do that. That's reasonable thinking. Unreasonable thinking is thinking outside of like the reach. So like, that's like, my goal is unreasonable in the sense of like most people think it's impossible to reach 1 million people and make a difference in 1 million, 1 million people's lives. Right. Most people would be like, oh, it's too. that's too big of a goal. It's uh, like, that's impossible. You can't do that. That's what I mean. That's that's reasonable and unreasonable, right? So you want to be unreasonable but logic. The reason I know about the unreasonable part, because obviously I'm not like a millionaire, billionaire. The reason I know the unreasonable part is true or logical, you got to be logical and unreasonable, is because every successful person I've ever researched or ever went to they say the exact same thing you have to be logical the way you think but you have to be unreasonable you can't accept like you can't accept that it's impossible you can't accept that that goal is too big you know what i'm saying like you, you could be bigger you could, you could always expand and go bigger so like go research anyone like seriously go like if you don't believe me go research any person that you can think of that's massively successful and they'll tell you you got to be logical and unreasonable now if it's politics you're not going to get that i'm telling you that right now cuz most politicians are not logical and most uh most politicians are very very reasonable they're, they're they're not unreasonable or logical all right that's why a lot of shit gets fucked up in politics i'm telling you so uh, so don't yeah i wouldn't really follow politics and be like oh that, that that's why it's that that's that's the unlogic or that's logical thinking and and unreasonable i wouldn't do that don't base your shit off politics it never works i'm telling you um But, um, so that's, that's, that's a big thing. Now I can give you a couple examples on my own that'll help you out. So, uh, logical thinking, I'll give you one for logical and unreasonable. I gave you the, the 1 million, I want to make a difference in 1 million people's lives. So uh, helping them in whatever way, either volunteering through the business, like getting people out of like, uh, desperate situations of, um, poverty or money, uh, volunteering, obviously, uh, um like anything anything contributes to that one because it's pretty it's an it's an open one it's not it's not hard to help people it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of time and effort to hit that goal now uh i'm trying to think of logical real quick that i can give you an example of logical i could probably do I guess the investing one would have been like more logical, right? So the, the so we'll go back to like my grandfather giving us money. So my grandfather gave us, uh, you know, whatever. Let's just say like I think it was, you know, let's say let's say like four G's, all right? Give each each cousin four G's. Every single cousin spent it. I was the only one at age 18 where I'm like, you know, it's not my money. I don't I don't want to have this in my pocket because if I have it in my pocket, I'm going to spend it. And then obviously I, I learned about stocks and investing and stuff and ended up investing the money. So out of, so out of myself and out of the other three people in the group, the other three people thought very unlogical about the money. And I thought very, very logical about the money. All right. I, 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 because like in my mind, I'm like, it's not my money. I went into depth right? Most people would have been like, Oh, that four grand is my money. I'm going to spend it how I want to spend it. Right. I went into the logical mindset of it's not my money. I'm going to reinvest this money. This is just, this is just like, this is just like crazy money. It's almost like you inherited money out of the sky. You know what people say? There's no such thing as money trees. That's basically what just happened. Like money just basically fucking fell out of the sky on me. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, even though four, like, I'm going to be honest with you, four grand is like fucking peanuts. But in my mind, I'm like, oh shit. Like at the time, I'm like an 18 uh, year old high school student. I'm like, oh shit, man, four grand. And I did nothing to get this money. It's not my money. I'm just going to reinvest the money. Right? And I went very, very logical about it. And everyone around me went very unlogical and they spent all their money and they they basically like they have nothing left. They have, they have zero zero amount left i'm lucky now where an opportunity came up where now i'm going to reinvest that money again through um multi with grant cardone at the cardone capitals He's, now he now he got it where it's not um you could be a non-increditor investor and uh you could be a non-increditor investor and now i'm going to take that money and reinvest it with grant cardone and the multi-family uh fund all right so that was an opportunity, which I like, technically I wouldn't have made it with the four G's. I think the minimum was five G's. Right. So I ended up putting my money in stocks for about four years and got enough money where I hit, you know, I made it over the minimum and I wouldn't have been able to take that four G's and put it in a fund like that. So that's what I mean by thinking logical, All right. Now I don't like stocks you know, that's a whole different, different topics. Uh, I don't like stocks cause it's not passive. It's not passive income. And it doesn't protect you against massive economic failure or massive economic depression or inflation or any of that stuff. I, I, you know, so I used to think stocks was the shit. All right. I used to think stocks was the way to go to invest. And that was very, very small thinking. All right. I go a little bit into this, but I'm not going to go into like crazy depth. But I, I realized that stocks was not what everyone was thinking about. And the reason is because we get pushed on stocks is because that's what's so common. We have the 401ks, the IRAs, uh, independent retirement account, right? Uh, All these retirement accounts and stuff. So it's all pressured into stocks. But what happens is what happens when we have another Great Depression? Eventually, the stock market is going to crash. And what's going to stop that? So, the reason I like multifamily is because if we have an economical disaster, you still have people paying you every single month. It's passive, by the way. Stocks is not passive. You have to sell your stocks to get money back. So, you can't touch any of that money. You're not getting anything back. Um, The multifamily is passive investment, meaning I'm going to get paid every single month and on top of that, still make money with depreciation and interest on top of that. All right? You'll get interest in stocks; they call it dividends, but it, it doesn't um it's it's not it's not passive income. Like you're gonna make that once you sell the stocks. All right. Um, plus, if uh, we have inflation too, so most people uh, most people should know what inflation is. I'm um I'm just gonna assume I'm not gonna ex- I'm not gonna really go into much with inflation, but inflation just means like price rises over time, which. If you've ever heard, I'm sure you went to your grandparents and your grandparents are like, I remember when I paid a nickel or I paid a quarter for gas and now it's $2 and almost $3 and that's inflation. Or a movie where they're like, I used to pay a dollar or $0.50 to go see a movie and now it's $12, right? That's inflation. Meaning over time, money is not the same anymore. Over time, it raised in value. So a dollar is really not a dollar anymore. A dollar is probably worth like 50 cents to 25 cents in reality, right? Cause back in the old times, a hundred bucks, maybe like six, $700 is a lot of money. Now it's peanuts. $500 won't even last you off your rent. Your rent's probably like five to $600 and it's gone, right? It's gone. So that's that's kind of what inflation is. I, I explained it to you and I said I wasn't, but. So that that's not protected by the stock market. So as your money sits there and maybe appreciates a little bit over time, inflation is actually kind of fucking it up too. So you're not really getting a, great, you're not getting a great return on the investment. You're not getting a great R, ROI, which is return on investment, right? So I, that's why I decided not to, to go into stocks anymore because I know eventually it's going to crash. I'm going to lose a lot of money. And the other thing too is um, you know I, I'd, I'd rather put it in more of like a safer – I have more time is what I'm trying to say. I have more time to experiment with the money rather than just throw it away, right? Uh, I'm 23. I, sh- you know, I should live until I'm I'm in my 90s. And every single decade, medicine's making us live longer, right? So I'm thinking that's that's logical thinking, right there. By the way, that's completely logical thinking. I'm thinking as far as advanced to like 80 years, basically, all right, 80 to 70 years ahead of me. I'm thinking About with that money, all right. That's logical thinking, by the way. All right, so, uh, so that's the logical explanation I give you. So I invested the money. I'm still reinvesting the money. I'm not taking it and spending it. I'm not, you know, twiddling my thumbs, hoping, you know, putting it in a savings account and hoping to God it goes up because banks are only paying, like, not even a, not even like a one percent. It's like half a percent. All right. So you'll, by the time you make money on the savings account, you'll be dead. You'll have nothing. So I, you know, start thinking about investing your money in smart investments. I would consider looking into passive, uh, passive type investments. I wouldn't put them in like I'm telling you. I don't I don't like the stocks. Now if people made money on the stocks, yeah, of course people make money on everything. People make money on Bitcoin. I hate I don't I don't believe in the Bitcoin thing. It's the same thing as the stock market except it's, it's its own unique market, but it's basically the same idea as the stock market. There's no, there's no protection, a lot of scams going on in that industry by itself, a lot of scams. Um, and they're just trying to promote, oh, get rich quick, get rich quick, and then you lose, maybe you get rich within the first like year, or maybe even like the first like three months, and then people lose everything. Because they, they, they didn't think of like, oh, sh-. they didn't, they, they tried to rush into something instead of like actually knowing what the fuck was going on and they got scammed out of shit. All right. So that's logical and unreasonable. Now I'm going to talk about done deal investments, LLC really quick, and then I'm going to end it. And then uh, hopefully I'll see you at the 10 X growth conference. So done deal investments right here, done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. That's the slogan. It's a company I built to help, people that are financially not able to take care of their property so we i call them distress seller meaning that they can't afford to keep the property afloat and what i am going to do is going to help them get out of that financial situation and pass it over to an investor that has capital to then you know obviously invest in that property and flip it and they can make a profit off the house now how this works, it's a three-step system. Real quick before I get into the three-step system. If you're in a financial situation, whether it's liens on your property, going into a pre-foreclosure, meaning that a bank is about to repossess your house, All right? they're about to repossess your house, you're not making payments on your mortgage most likely, and now the house, because you, they lent you the money, is about to repossess the house because they technically own it and you don't own it yet. You haven't paid it off your mortgage yet. All right. I can help you with that. I can help you with liens. Liens are just like normally the city gives you a violation of some sort and they slap a lien on your house. And what ends up happening is if you don't pay it with like, if you don't pay that lien off quick, it escalates and it starts appreciating in value and uh, it appreciates over time. And then it's this massive bill that you can't handle. Cause if you couldn't handle 500, what about like $2,000 later, like five days or seven days later, now it's a thousand dollars. And you can't, you know, they can't do anything about it. You can't handle it. So, and you don't have a lawyer to fight it or whatever because you don't have money obviously to even do it in the first place. So I can do pre-foreclosures. Even if it's in a foreclosure and a bank just wants to get rid of it, I can help with, I can do liens on a property I can get you out of. I can do, if you got a job transfer where, you know, you went to, you have to move to a different city or a different um, state and you got to do it quick. Like they want to hire you right now And you have a week to try to sell the property that you have and and get rid of it. I can do that. All right. Sometimes when you go through a realtor and try to do that, it it takes too long. Like sometimes it just takes too long. Like um, it it depends on the condition of your house too, by the way. Like if you have a really good condition property, it's probably going to sell faster on the MLS. And, uh, but if you, if you have a lot of maintenance that you haven't taken care of on the property, you have a lot of damage, you know, it's not going to sell fast. It might take a long time for them to sell that. That's why I would come in and I would quickly get rid of that property. I'd quickly sell that property for you. All right. Um, Job transfer, divorce. Let's say you're going through, you know, we're in a time right now where it's almost 50-50 on the divorce rate. All right. It's almost like a 50-50 chance that you're going to get a divorce. There's lots of divorces going on in America. All right. Um, I think in Florida too, by the way. But. Uh, most of the time, like you probably just want to get rid of the house as fast as you can. You probably don't want to go through the long sales uh, process of a realtor. I can help you with that. All right. I can get it under contract quick with another investor and we go in and, and handle the terms and boom, done. All right. Really quick. Quick. Now, uh, I'm trying to think if there's another one. And if you inherited a house, all right. Now, if you inherited a property, meaning like one of your relatives. Um, passed away and they had a house in their name and you're on the will and it came to you, I can help you sell that house fast. Most of the time when it's an inherited property, um, normally because it's an older person normally uh, that you're inheriting the house from, they, they don't keep the house in great condition. They don't, they don't keep up with the maintenance. Like normally it's really messy in there. Um, I can sell that as is quick, all right? Like you don't have to clean anything up. I'll take care of everything. We'll get rid of it really fast, all right? And, and get cash in your hand real fast. Now, how this works is, is a three-step process that I call the three steps of, uh, to get financially free, or three steps to financial freedom, all right? First step is you have to contact me. Obviously, if you don't contact me, I, don't, I, don't, I can't help you because I don't know that you need help, all right? So you have to somehow contact me. There's many, many ways you can contact me. Phone, email social media, which I have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I'm working on the YouTube. Um, you can go on the website and directly send in a, um, an inquiry where I, I'll just get it directly and I'll, I'll contact you right away. Um, I think that's everything. But um, if you want to do, I definitely recommend phone. You can even text me if you really want to. All right, Or you can go on Facebook and like iMessage me. I don't care. Uh, but I really, really recommend the phone. The reason why I want the phone is because it'll go a lot smoother. I got you. Got to answer questions that I have to get an understanding of what financial situation you're in, so I can better assist you. I need to know what condition the property is in, and um, and it, it just makes it more of a, per, a personable relationship between us because um, I'd you know. It's it's almost like a face to face. It's not quite a face to face, but it's it's really like you'll get to know me better and i'll get to know you better now um, now the second step is once i get the questions that i need once i understand your situation and the condition of the home we have to physically meet at your property all right so you have to schedule an appointment for me to physically meet you at your property which you can ask me any questions you want that you're probably going to have i know like it's not it's uh it's something that not a lot of people understand how the process works or you know what it really is ask me any questions you want And I'll have a sheet with me where I'm going to go through the house and just be like, all right, if you have a broken window, you got mold, you got to replace your roof. It's going to give me a rough estimate. So I understand how much money we're going to have to uh, tell the investor that's going to partner up on the deal. uh, So I can tell the investor how much money it's going to take to reinvest into this property, to put it into mint condition so they can get full market value for the, for the house. Right. And, um, and invest their capital into it to fix the property. Now, The other thing too is I'm gonna take five pictures inside the house and five outside the house or property. And the reason for this is so when I go and send the estimate cost or the estimate repairs to the investor, I can send them the pictures of the house they don't have to physically go to your property to really see the property. I'll have the pictures for them. They see the pictures, they see the cost of the repairs and 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 that's what makes it really fast, all right? Once that's done, I'm going to go home and now we're on to step three. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to do some comps in your on your neighborhood to see, you know, the market. I'm going to go and see, um, I'm going to try to get three of this, as, as close as I possibly can to your house or your property. Three homes that I've sold in the last month, three months, you know, whatever we have to do to get the three houses from the market. And it's going to give me an estimate average cost. All right. Then I'm just going to deduct the cost of the repairs that your house needs. And that's the price we're gonna negotiate on is after after repair after market repair costs all right so that's what I'm gonna go and I'm gonna and we're gonna negotiate on we' negotiate terms if you have to stay there for another week or two weeks uh, to you know maybe go through a realtor I have real estate agents by the way that I can give you that I personally recommend um, I have contacts that I can give you to make the process even faster for right now and the um, uh, what's the other thing I was gonna say so once that happens, we're going to negotiate. Once we agree on the terms and the price, we're going to go under contract. You're going to sign the contract. I'm going to sign the contract. I'm going to get the investor. The investor is going to sign on the contract. And what's going to happen is the investor is going to take ownership of the property. And we're going to pay you in cash. So you'll walk away with the cash. you go and find another home that you can afford. You'll get out of the financial situation that you're in. And then um, what's going to happen is the investor's obviously going to win too because he's going to flip the home and put his capital in and he's going to sell it for a full, full market value and he's going to make some money off the house, right? I'm going to obviously win off the dealer. done deal investments is going to make some money. And the cool part about this is I'm not even making money off you. I'm going to make money off the investor. So the investor is going to pay me a finder's fee slash commission. It's really what it is. It's like commission. I just call it a finder's fee because that's really what it is. It's a finder's fee. Um, I basically put the deal together. That's where, that's where the slogan, where the deal is already done comes into place because it's I'm, I'm putting deals together and they're like, just I'm doing all the work I'm doing all the work and I'm putting the deals together and I'm passing them and uh, helping other people as well. Not just uh, the financial person that's in the financial situation or burden I'm helping the investor or other companies make money too. So that's why the, that's why the slogan is where the deal is done. Now, uh, real quick. So that's how that works. All right. So that's how like everyone wins. You win, you get cash, you go to a, you know, I can help you. What I really want to do at Dundee investments, which is the big picture of Dundeal investments. I just don't have the resources to do it yet is, um, sorry, it's like a, it a fly in here. Um, but what I really want to do is be able to take that distressed seller from getting them out of this the financial situation to then the next step, meaning like, you know, you're going to have to find a realtor to find you a home. I want to have that already there. So like you don't have to go and find like seven different people to help you with different things you're going to have to do when you go and buy another home, right? Or protect that asset. Uh, I want to be able to get you to the next thing as smooth as possible and just have it like they're available for you, all right? So I want to have realtors that can go in, And personally find you the the better, the better deals in the market and get you, you know, where you can afford the house in your budget. And I want to have like home inspectors where like they can go and inspect the home to make sure that you're not going to invest hundreds and thousands of dollars into this property. And then two weeks later, all this stuff breaks and you just lost all your money because you couldn't afford all the repairs that wasn't disclosed or disclosed to you when you went and originally looked at the property which a realtor can't, realtor can go in and see like how old things are, but they can't physically go and see what's wrong, in, like physically inside the property. They don't have the resources. They don't have uh, the knowledge to do that. Hang on one sec. So I don't have the resources and the knowledge to do that. So I, I, like, I just want to add different things where it's going to help you get to the next thing, right? That's the goal of done deal investments. That's also where the, where the deal is already done. Cause it, like everything's provided for you. All right. So that's where that's coming from. So that's the big, big, big picture of done deal investments. I'm not there yet. I'm not close. I'm not even close to that right now. I can, I'm just helping people get out of the, um, get out of the distressed part of it where like the financial burden part of it. And that's really where I'm specialized right now in. All right. So eventually that's what I want to do with done deal investments, LLC. All right. So that's done deal. Um, what else? So that's basically it. So, I hope everyone, you know, I hope if, if you want to go to the 10 X growth conference and like you still, you have the money and you can do it, definitely go and register for it. Um, I think today until 10 PM, like you can go and register in Miami directly. And I think on each day of the event, you can go out about like seven, I think at seven in the morning, you can go and register for the event still. All right. So I definitely would recommend that you go and, and do the 10 X growth conference. If you can, uh, if you're already going, I'll see you there. Uh, if, if, I'm trying to think. So if you know anyone that's a a distressed seller, have them reach out to me directly. All right. Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And check out my website, by the way, at www.dundealinvestment.com. Peace, guys. Have Have a good weekend. I'll see you Sunday.